Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. It's time for your favorite show. The Weekend Report is on the radio. And welcome into the Weekend Report. Our friend Tony Colombo usually starts the show, but today I have the good fortune and honor to start the show today. It's Chris Arch, your co-host on the Weekend Report Welcome in on this fine weekend, Saturday evening. And I'm always happy to be with uh, our producer, excellent, if that's a word, Frank Ladd. Frank, how are you? Hi, Chris. How are you today? Welcome back from your uh, your sojourn. You had the, the weekend off the past couple weeks. No, no, you were actually working, weren't you? I, no, I was not actually working, Frank. We went to uh, South Carolina uh, for Easter, and I told you uh, before uh, we came back, I said I may come back with a fake Southern accent, so I apologize uh, well, for that if you detect a little bit of that. You know, you get, you get that when you're down South for a little bit. I don't hear it right now at all. <laughs> well, thanks, Frank. Right. Frank, I know you're a big baseball fan and everything. I have not been following the cards um, probably as much as I should, being a, a hometown as I am. How's our home team going? Doing? Well, had some, had some, had some rough starts. Had some bad games, and they've come back and uh, done okay here and there. So it's not perfect, but we're we're moving along here. Start. I got a series in Philadelphia this weekend. Now I know uh, people were always was talking about Carpenter, how he was struggling uh during the uh the what do you call that the grapefruit league the preseason there and he was kind of struggling and lost his position but he had kind of a breakout do you think that or a breakout game do you think that is something uh, spark we're going to see from him and maybe we'll see the old carpenter back or do you think uh his tank is just about empty it'd be nice to see the old matt matt carpenter back all the time wouldn't it right now you just, you just never know. You you just we, I think what we've seen the past couple of years is unfortunately what we've got there. They're playing him with that shift all the time, and he hits into it. He did have that that, that great home run this week. So you gotta hope, but I I, I think we all kind of see it. I think we all kind of see where he is right now. Yeah, that's uh, unfortunately he he gave St. Louis a lot of uh, a lot of great years, but. Uh... He is, uh, sorry about that, my computer came on, Frank. I have no idea what that even was. It was like somebody was calling me from something. But but anyway, I digress. And it seems the uh, the Blues, um, the 
12-month hockey season, it seems like, is coming to uh, to a close. And the well, Blues are fighting for season. a playoff seat, correct? It's not a 12-month season. I, I think they're only playing it 50, like it is. 56 like games basketball. this year. They're playing 56 games this year. And what's interesting about it is that they have snuck back into that playoff hunt. They've they've really played well lately. Once once they got healthy, you, you finally realize, hey, this is a pretty gosh darn good hockey team. So they've snuck back in, into the playoff hunt. Now, the bad thing is they're in that fourth spot behind Colorado, who's in first. And unfortunately, as things will more than likely play out. They'll end up in fourth. Colorado will be in first. And Colorado is really good, and they really have the Blues number this week, this year. So it may be a short playoff run, but to get back in, into the playoffs with all the injuries that they dealt with all this season, to get back to this point, that's fantastic. Well, you know, I'm always a hometowner, so I'm... You know, I'm rooting for the when the Rams were here, even though I'm a big Dallas Cowboy fan, I rooted for them when they were, were winning. So I have to I'll admit that Cardinal fan always. I was a Blues fan when they won the cup. So I'm hoping our sports teams get back on track. And, one uh, year ago, though, remember, it was all about the Battle Hawks one year. Remember Kakaw? <laughs> yeah. Kakaw, yeah. and then the pandemic shut down the league and then the league was gone. I hope they come back. I mean, there was talk that they were going to try to bring that back after the pandemic. I hope uh, we'll have to get our, our buddy Nick Schroer on. He was kind of close to the president of the St. Louis Club. Maybe he can give us some insight uh, on uh, their possible return. Hey, guys. Hey, Tony. Kaka. <laughs> <laughs> Tony Colombo in the house. I'm Just in time. Here. He's standing, standing here, here listening to us. Listening to this whole conversation. I didn't know that. Wondering I when didn't... wondering when we're gonna get started, and then I realize you guys have started. So I'm fill- and also we're filling time, waiting for you. No, we were not <laughs> filling time. Tony was no. actually interested in our conversation I about was. the blues I, and the Cardinals. I, I, you know what? And, 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 I'm, and I'm glad Tony's here. And Tony, I'm glad you're here Listen, to join I'm the discussion. Welcome, my friend and Frank. I was about to change the ten the uh, the, the tenor of the discussion a little little bit um we've got to talk about starting off this there's been another mass shooting um at a fedex facility near the indianapolis airport um eight people were shot dead um you know there are going to be more calls for for gun control we don't know much uh at this time you know when we're taping this much about the 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 uh the 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 shooter but what do you get? What do you think, Tony? Do you think this is going to maybe get some serious gun control besides executive um, orders done this uh, this Congress? Well, first of all, I want to say that I was very impressed. I thought you and Frank were having a uh, legitimate off-air sports <laughs> conversation, and I thought, wow, Chris is really into St. Louis sports, and I didn't realize he was. So <laughs> what do you think? I'm just a political nerd. Yeah, I was really impressed. Uh, I don't think that. I don't know any of the details of this of this new um, incident. Um, however, I don't think I think we are at a point now where the Democrats um, and the president that the people that are going after um, gun bill, uh, gun legislation, Second Amendment rights, things like that, there that is in full swing, and they don't need um, another um, tragedy to to stoke the fire, uh, for lack of a better term, probably. Um, but because they, they were waiting for that opportunity, they got it a few weeks ago and that was, uh, what started this, uh, going. So I think everything is rolling. I think that they have, 
done an amazing job. Uh, honestly, the Democrats have done an amazing job of rolling out all of the things that uh, people were uh, accusing them of planning, packing the court, yeah. uh, ending the filibuster, statehood for D.C. and possibly Puerto Rico, uh, introducing gun legislation yeah. or executive orders, um, election uh, uh, reform. They have they have gone pedal to the metal. And Tony, I tell you, I tell you, legislation that I'm afraid could pass this year. What's in the Congress and get to the president's desk and get a signature is red flag laws. Oh, I, I agree. I, I think with all these people doing these mass shootings and some of them seem to have some some mental imbalance. I think that's uh, one law that I could see maybe a couple of Susan Collins or or uh, or Mitt Romney um, voting for that. But I think that's a law that more more Republicans or at least more Trump supporters could get behind because he was the one that brought those up three, four years ago. And, um, that is and true. But Tony, them. you Tony, you we've we've discussed this before here on the show. You are adamantly against. Oh, right. Well, I was kind of because you know, I wasn't putting Tony was into like, that. Well, maybe no, no. so. And you kind of no, gave me the, uh, right. the side eye and gave me the other the opposite uh, view there. Well, but here's the thing. Frank is right. There are there are uh, plenty of Republicans and even people within the NRA that have supported various red flag law ideas. But I think that the, the people that do that are not educated completely in what the reality of these bills are. Because on their surface, if the red flag laws were what they are explained to be in the media and by politicians, they were some they, they would be something that I would be that I would be willing to it, at least have a conversation about, if not completely support. Yeah. But that is not the, what what we are being told about these red flag laws are not the reality, and we know it's not the reality because we have we have cities across America that have yeah. enacted these red flag laws, and the truth about them are is that they are completely unconstitutional. You are yeah. guilty until proven innocent. You yeah. are completely. Uh, robbed of your right to due process. You there. There needs to be no evidence presented in any form to anyone that you are a danger to yourself or anyone else, and your guns are confiscated from you. There's yeah. no timeline on how long you might get them back. There's no. There you have no ideas. In some cases, it's been well over a year before a person was in front of a judge. And they had and and they and they walk into that courtroom with the presumption of guilt and have to prove themselves innocent. Uh, I could go on and on about red yeah. flag laws. We need to find a way to uh, do a better job of acting on the warning signs that many of the people that perpetrate these mass shootings are giving us. You know, we constantly yeah. hear, "Oh, well, this person was building a bomb in his garage. I'm not surprised he blew up, you know, a van." Um, you know, that that kind of stuff, we we need to figure out a way to to act on those warnings. But these red flag laws, the way that they have been rolled out across the country are not 
uh, the, the reality of them is not what uh, has been presented by the media and the Democrats. Um, and, and you know what, Tony? You know who, and I'm going to uh, segue into this and hand you hand the show over to you. You know who we can talk to about uh, a lot of this later on in the show? We can talk to Missouri State Representative Curtis Trent and United and States Congressman Rodney yeah. Davis. Yes, especially so, Rodney Davis. That's yeah. where I was going, my friend. Yeah, we've got we can we can get uh, the national purview. We can talk about the national discussion with Congressman Davis, and obviously about the Illinois side of yeah. the of that conversation with Congressman Davis. And we can talk about uh, the Missouri impact of these things. States like Missouri are fighting to preemptively protect themselves from things like red flag laws and federal gun control measures uh, by uh, working on legislation like the Second Amendment Preservation Act and other things. So we'll be able to talk to Representative Trent about that and obviously so much that we can talk to Congressman Davis about. We've got a great show for you. Uh, All of that is coming up in this first hour. So it's a packed, great first hour. Uh, Coming up in the second hour, we have special guest Chris Perry Woods. Perry oh, fantastic. Woods That's kind of a surprise the show for me. Today, I know we have a really cool announcement, really cool thing to talk about Uh-oh. with our friend Perry Woods. And we are also going to talk to. Can I guess? Who? Yeah, we got one what? other guest. No, can I guess what oh, the surprise is? Yeah, of course. I think that you're going to quit radio and join the Perry Woods band. (laughs) You know what? Stay tuned to find out. Okay. That may or may not be uh, the case. Uh, And also uh, in today's show, we are going to talk to our good friend, Dr. Randy Tobler. Um, This week, we saw the pause of the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. I think there's been a lot of um, confusion in what is happening with the rollout of that vaccine and obviously all the vaccines. And uh, Dr. Tobler has continued throughout this entire process to be just a wealth of information and truth and um, has been tremendously helpful to me. And I think everybody who listens to his show and has heard him on this show and other shows um, with providing information and details uh, about the virus and about the vaccine. So looking forward to talking to him as well. You know, Tony, I got the uh, hard sell this week to uh, get the uh, get the shot. Oh, well, well, you know what? We'll talk about that. We'll talk right. about that with Dr. Tobler a little, little bit later on. Yeah, and I want to hear uh, I want to hear who gave you that hard sell and uh, <laughs> if it was successful or not. So uh, we've got all of that coming up on today's show. First up is United States Congressman Rodney Davis. Uh, we are going to talk to him when we get back. We'll take a quick break and be right back with the congressman. You're listening to The Weekend Report on 97.1 FM Talk. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. That's Perry Woods, and he's going to be on the show a little bit later on. We've got a great weekend report for you today. Welcome back. I'm Tony Colombo in studio with producer Frank Ladd. And my partner Chris Arps is once again connected through the marvel of modern technology at the Arps Compound. Chris, we are working on making a connection with Congressman Rodney Davis, so we should be talking, hopefully, with him here momentarily. Uh, coming up in the next segment, we are going to talk to Missouri uh, Representative Curtis Trent. Uh, there's a lot going on locally, statewide, nationally. Uh, so many things are happening Um you guys were go ahead. Did you have something? Hey, I'm saying we haven't talked about next week. St. Louis is going to have a new mayor. God help us all. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> you know what? I was I was gonna get there, uh, but <laughs> give us your quick. I think we're making. Uh, I think we're getting congressman on the line right now. But you? give me your quick thoughts on uh, on what you think uh, is in store for the city with the with the new mayor. Look, Tashar suggested during the campaign that prostitution shouldn't be legalized. She suggested that the workhouse be closed. Um, there are rumors that she's going to terminate the chief when she comes in and replace him with a more progressive chief. I'm just afraid that St. Louis is uh, she's trying to turn St. Louis into San Francisco and uh, Seattle and, and Portland. And I'm just Really afraid for the future, not only of St. Louis, but of the region, including where we live, Tony, yeah. St. Louis County. Let's get uh, let's get Congressman Davis in on this conversation. This has been these are thoughts not only held by the incoming mayor of St. Louis, but uh, many Democrats and people on the left across the country uh, this week have have once again doubled down on the idea of defunding the police and uh, decriminalizing uh, many, many things, saying some police officers shouldn't even be carrying a weapon when they make traffic stops. A lot of, of, uh, of crazy things. Uh, and Tony, if they keep continuing with things. that, then we're going to be saying Chairman Rodney Davis uh, next Congress. <laughs> well, you know what? I think we'd be safer with that than, uh, than, than probably any other option. Congressman Davis, always great to talk with you, sir. How are you? You know what? It's great talking with you guys. I appreciate you having me on. And I certainly agree that they keep this crazy talk about defunding police up. We will take the majority by a bigger margin than what I expect to take take it by anyway. So here's my here's my worry. And uh, maybe you can uh, make me feel a little bit better. I am I I was just mentioning to Chris in that in the first segment of the show that the Democrats have done a a masterful job of getting to work on every single major progressive action that they had talked about in the election. 
ending the filibuster, packing the courts, statehood for D.C., uh, massive gun reform, massive election form. I mean, they've got their they've got the pedal to the metal. And I'm wondering if they can get it all done, if they keep this up, how much damage can they do before the American people have another chance to get to the ballot box and make a possible change? Well, you are 100 percent correct. They are trying to inflict as much liberal damage as they they can possibly inflict. I think they realize they're going to lose the majority. And because of that, what they're doing is is trying to jam all of these crazy proposals through that you just mentioned. Uh, we 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 anticipate, especially if they try to blow up the filibuster in the Senate, that they could pass some of these things. The good news is, some of the sensible Democrats like Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema are saying, "No, let's not disrupt Washington more so than it is." So at least at least we have that backstop right now. Otherwise, if you let Speaker Pelosi run the show, um, every bad idea would now be law. Mm. Talking to Congressman Rodney Davis. Go ahead, Chris. You know, as you were saying, as we've been saying that, you know, the Congress right now is very tenuous, um, especially the Senate and the House. If the vote was held today, how many seats do you think Republicans could pick up in the House? Oh, I think we could easily pick up. I think we could easily look at, uh, you know, 25, mm. uh, if not more. Mm. But we, we have to see what redistricting does uh, in in states throughout the nation, including Illinois. But in the end, uh, I, I would I would look at this being a very good Republican year. When you look at history, you know they they have uh, they have control of House, Senate, and the White House. And traditionally, the midterm of a president of the other party, uh, the the other party does well. Uh, look at 1994. Yeah. Look at 2010. Uh, but in the end, in the end, they have such a small majority because they thought they were going to pick up so many seats in the last Congress. And we ended up picking yeah. up the majority of the seats, and I know we're going to win the majority. So, Congressman, uh, while we have you for a few minutes, let's try to get into a couple of the specific issues. The big one this week, obviously, was the rollout of their uh, judiciary plan, the idea of adding ju- new justices to the Supreme Court, taking the number from 9 to 13. Um, for people that don't you know, that, that don't study this or watch this every single day. Uh, why is it so dangerous to uh, add more justices to the court specifically in the way that the Democrats have laid out? This is, this is exactly what the communists in uh, Venezuela did so that Hugo Chavez and, and uh, Maduro could remain in power. Uh, they, they made the court political. Like our country's not political enough. Like there's not a political litmus test on, on so many things nowadays in our society that normally was not there just a few short years ago. If remember, I, I said I think we could pick up 20, 25 seats, right? If they pack the court, you can ex, you can you can grow that majority that we would take by exponential mm-hmm. margins mm-hmm. because even even moderates, folks who don't live and breathe politics, who don't look at politics as a religion they are going to be upset by a proposal to do this if they try to make it happen. Go ahead, Chris. Uh, Congressman, the president this week announced that we were going to withdraw out of Afghanistan by 9-11. This is America's longest war. We've been over there 20 years. Um, President Trump's plan previously was to withdraw uh, in May, but with uh, with conditions, um, what the president is doing in September is unilaterally we're leaving, 
Uh, we're not leaving any troops or, or anything. What's your opinion on that? Do you think that's a good thing for our security and for the security of the region? I, I don't like I don't like telegraphing uh, what we will or will not do when it comes to America's uh, national security. I think the, the Taliban, uh, they, they're playing the long game. They are waiting for this day. And I certainly wish we had our allies in Afghanistan in a much better spot to fulfill our mission and to have this transition that we were hoping for years ago. Uh, I don't think it's going to work out for the Afghani people in the long run. I think the Taliban will have an opportunity to get back in charge, and I certainly hope that we don't go exactly back to where we were pre-9-11 when you had a country that aided and abetted abetted the most deadly terrorists in the world. Congressman, I want to talk about the uh, fiasco revolving the Georgia voting law and all of the impact that the lies, quite frankly, that many have told about that law. Uh, not only the Major League Baseball All-Star Game uh, moving, which is probably the biggest uh, revenue uh, damage done to the state of Georgia and obviously the city of Atlanta. Um, but, you know, the, the president gets uh, called with four po- Pinocchios by The Washington Post. Senator Raphael Warnock from uh, the new senator down there in Georgia has admitted this week to signing his name to information that was false about the Georgia bill that was being put out by various uh, advocacy groups that were supposed to be explaining to people what was in the bill, but it was in what was in the new law, but it wasn't true. And the senator allowed his name to be put on that. And there doesn't appear to be any repercussions for lying to the American people and affecting Millions and millions of dollars of revenue, hundreds of millions of dollars of revenue. I can't even imagine if if, if this would have been President Trump or a Republican senator uh, behaving this way. It would still not be OK. I certainly wouldn't be defending it, uh, but I'm guessing there would be consequences. But there seems to be no consequences. What are your thoughts on that whole situation? It's just disappointing because we're seeing major news media outlets continue to perpetuate the lies. Uh, We've got a serious problem in this country, which is why I'm a big fan of local radio like yours. We have a big problem with uh, some of our major media outlets uh, wanting to uh, to spread this type of misinformation. And if you just took a a chance, 15 minutes, sit down and read that Georgia bill, uh, you would see that it's nothing like was being explained to the American people. And, And that's exactly the problem that I mentioned is we've got to do a better job making sure that our constituents know what is in legislation, what is true, what is not. There's not there are, there are not multiple truths when it comes to election and election laws in Georgia. There's one truth, mm-hmm. and well, the truth is they actually expanded voting. They expanded voting beyond what they have in New York, beyond what they have in other states. But let's not forget, there were many, many problems in Georgia during the primary and the general election, and they were usually in Democrat-run cities like Atlanta and Fulton County, where the election officials who were Democrats closed polling places because of COVID and caused long lines. So you have to address those problems at the state legislative level. That's what our Constitution says. But Democrats out here are trying to pass a bill called H.R. 1, 
to export all the bad election policies in places like New York and California to the rest of the nation. And then they sit with a straight face and lie about what happens in Georgia. Uh, Only a couple minutes left with Congressman Roddy Davis, who's been nice enough to fit us in right before another appointment that he has. Uh, Chris, you got one more for the congressman before we let him go? Go ahead. I do. I got a quick question. You know, LBJ's Great Society program spent billions of dollars while simultaneously we were fighting a billion-dollar war in Vietnam. All throughout the 70s until Ronald Reagan became president, we had uh, inflation, uh, staggering, uh, not a good economy. Um, We've just spent trillions of dollars propping up the economy because of pandemic relief. Are we about to see a repeat, Congressman? Well, I certainly hope not. You know, I'm a child of the 70s and 80s and was in college in the early 90s. Um, I saw what good economies are like, and I've seen what bad economies are like. And frankly, pre-pandemic, we were in in historic economic growth. We had historic low unemployment. And then this pandemic hit, and we had to do something to help our mom-and-pop shops, and we did that. The problem I have is as soon as the Democrats took over the House, the Senate, and the White House, instead of working in a bipartisan way as we did just months before on COVID relief, uh, they decided to go it alone and spend $3 trillion or $2 trillion dollars when we had a trillion dollars still left to be put forth from the previous bills, you know, we had, we had hundreds of millions of dollars still left for the PPP program. Uh, 9% of that bill was going to COVID actually COVID vaccine distribution development, et cetera, and COVID related issues. The rest was growing government. So it does scare me. It does. We see, we saw what happened in history. When you mentioned LBJ, the great society, the investments, we saw where our economy went we got to do everything we can to stop that, and we've got to get people back to work. Congressman Rodney Davis, thank you so much for your time. There's so many more thank things you. that I wish we had time to talk about. I know that you recently uh, were down at the border uh, and have been sharing that story. I'd love to talk to you more about that. Worse so- than Worse than what you would ever imagine. Don't yeah, I, 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 I am uh, fascinated by the people that are telling the truth about what is happening down there. Uh, in the meantime, before we get another chance to talk with you, if people do want to see what you're working on and, and the experiences that you're sharing, uh, what are all the best platforms for people to go and, and follow you? Go hit my website. It's uh, rodneydavis.house.gov. You want to follow me on Twitter, it's at Rodney Davis. Uh, or go to Facebook, Rep. Rodney Davis. We're glad to have you. Glad to be uh, glad to interact, too. So reach Absolutely. out if you need anything from us. You bet. Congressman, thank you so much for your time. I hope to talk to you again soon. Absolutely. See you all. Thank you, Congressman. All right. Good stuff there from United States Congressman Rodney Davis. Let's take a quick break and uh, we'll dial it in a little more local and uh, talk about some issues here uh, facing the state of Missouri when we talk to Representative Curtis Trent next on The Weekend Report. You're listening to 97.1 FM Talk. Welcome back to the Weekend Report, 97.1 FM Talk. 
Tony Colombo here with producer Frank Ladd and, of course, my partner, Chris Arps. One more segment to go in this first hour of the show. Uh, just another big thank you to United States Congressman Rodney Davis for joining us in that last segment. i uh, got a packed second hour coming up. We're going to talk to our buddy Perry Woods and Jason Nelson uh, about a very cool project. Uh, we have an announcement that is going to be a, a lot of fun. <laughs> Chris thinks that I'm leaving radio. Do it's you been nice working with you. Uh, uh-huh. I don't know if that's I, I'm not sure that that's what we're going to be announcing. Uh, we're also going to talk to Dr. Randy Tobler at the top of the next hour, get an update from him on uh, everything happening with the vaccine rollouts and the Johnson and Johnson uh, pause of the distribution of that vaccine. So we'll get all caught we'll up get AstraZeneca, uh, too. Yeah. Yep. We'll get uh, we'll get caught up on all of that with Dr. Tobler. If you've missed anything today or you just want to hear it again, don't forget to download our podcast. You can get it anywhere you get podcasts, but I recommend the Odyssey app as the best place to get that podcast. How do you and spell that, Tony? A-U-D-A-C-Y, Odyssey. Right. Yes, that is a, used to be Radio.com. No longer, don't look for Radio.com, look for Odyssey. Uh, right now, we've been talking about Representative Trent, who's going to be joining us here momentarily. Uh, Chris, please introduce our guest. Representative Trent is probably a, one of the rising stars in the Missouri House um, he hails from southwest Missouri, I think the Springfield area, and uh, we can welcome him in, and uh, he can tell us a little bit more. Representative Trent, how are you? Doing great. How are you doing? Good, good. Representative Trent also is a sponsor of a bill that is close to my heart. Um, those that have listened to uh, the Weekend Report know that I'm president of Americans for Citizen Voting, and one of uh, the things that we're tasked with is changing, helping people within uh, different states to amend their state constitutions to say that only United States citizens can vote instead of every United States citizens can vote. And that is an effort that Congressman Trent is spearheading uh, in the Missouri legislature. And uh, we're here to have him on and talk to him a little bit about it. Uh, Representative Trent, uh, uh, thank you for uh, being on. Well, thank you for the invitation. It's uh, it's great to be on the show. And, uh, you know, this is an issue that's important to me, too. I mean, uh, you know, our government uh, legitimacy depends on a, on a strong link between the will of the people and the actual policy outcomes and government actions that occur. And anything that undermines the public's faith in our election process to me, undermines the very heart of our system of government. People that um, are in opposition or maybe just not supporting this type of movement to change the language, to stop, uh, to to make sure that uh, people who aren't citizens uh, are voting, um, we hear very often from the other side that it's not a problem. It's not something that's happening. It's a straw man argument that uh, Republicans and conservatives and people that are trying to push this stuff um, is, are, are making. Um, is it a problem? Is it a problem across the country? Is it a problem in the state of Missouri? And why is it an important issue to you, uh, Representative? Well, it's. It's a it's something that has occurred in the past and is occurring at, mostly at the municipal level right now. Mm-hmm. So school board elections, city council elections. Um, but you know, once once you have voters on the rolls uh, for those kind of elections, it's it's really hard to uh, explain to folks over time. You know, there's there's 
transmission creep with anything that goes on. It's really yes. hard to explain why they shouldn't be included in things going forward. Uh, so I think that like we have a very broad societal consensus uh, on this issue right now. I mean, you you do a poll, something upwards of eighty percent plus of the of the people of Missouri and I, and I suspect nationwide as well favor this. Uh, and when you get that kind of societal consensus, that's when I think it should be enshrined in our constitution and our in our foundational legal documents. Uh, and because again, like this is a a, a strong principle. Uh, you know who are the you know who are the citizens of this country? Who are uh, the people whose country this is? And if it's not the American citizens, then then whose is it? And and to me, only the American citizens uh, who make this country what it is should be um, making decisions about how this country will be governed, and ultimately who should be allowed uh, into this country. That's that's all all part of this as well. Talking to so, Missouri Representative Curtis Trent. Yeah, go ahead, Chris. Well, I was just saying, just as you know, an advocate for this with Americans for Citizens Voting, this is something that's happening all across the country from Maine to California. And we're not talking about people that are necessarily here illegally. We're talking also about people that are here legally, that have green cards, that are applying for yeah. driver's licenses. And you have municipalities that are allowing and school boards that are allowing them to to vote in these elections. Mm. Representative Trent, here's the question I have for you, and this is a question that I get often, is people say, well, why not let them vote in school board and mayoral elections? They're here legally, they're doing the right things, they're paying taxes, they have children in the schools, they have a vested interest in these, in, in these, uh, in voting for these things, and it's really kind of no uh, no t uh, representation without uh, taxation, or whatever it is, taxation without representation. How do you counter that argument? Well, I mean, the, the folks who are in that situation have voluntarily entered uh, into that arrangement. Hmm. You know, if you've come to America legally with a green card, uh, it's because you desired to do so. Uh, you desired to live under this country and its laws, and but you haven't desired to go ahead and get your citizenship to, to swear your loyalty and allegiance to this country. Uh, and so to me, it, you know, if, if somebody, you know, says that they want to have taxation with representation, I say, great, there's a, there's a, a way for you to do that. It's called becoming a citizen of America. Uh, if, you, if you choose not to become a citizen, then, you know, you, you have voluntarily elected uh, not to engage in full civic participation in this country. Talking to Missouri Representative Curtis Trent. Representative Trent, um, obviously gun rights, uh, the Second Amendment, uh, gun reform has been a major topic in recent weeks, both nationally and, of course, locally. Uh, the president, President Biden, and many Democrats in Washington are trying to pass federal gun legislation, and obviously uh, the president has made some executive actions in those areas. Um, here in the state of Missouri, many of uh, you and your colleagues in Jefferson City have been working to protect the citizens of Missouri against federal laws that would infringe on Second Amendment rights with bills like the Second Amendment Preservation Act. Can you give us an update on what is happening there in Jefferson City with the SAPA bill and others and uh, the progress of those and hopefully being able to protect uh, Missourians' Second Amendment rights? Yes, the Second Amendment Preservation Act, uh, which is uh, 
uh, a, a bill that's been introduced uh, by some of my colleagues down here in, in southwest Missouri, uh, primarily uh, Representative Jared Taylor, who is a representative in Christian County and a good friend of mine, has worked on this for several years. Uh, and what, it would, what the bill would do is, is prevent the use of Missouri law enforcement resources uh, for federal gun regulation. So it would kind of make the state a sanctuary state for the Second Amendment in uh, any kind of illegal or unconstitutional federal gun law would simply not be enforced by Missouri resources. Mm. Uh, the bill uh, was heard in the committee that I chair, General Laws, early this year. It was one of the first bills that came to my committee and one of the first bills uh, that we voted out because I believe it's uh, one of the most important pieces of legislation that we're working on this year. Uh, and it's currently in the Senate. Uh, it's uh, awaiting uh, floor time over there. Uh, but it's, I mean, we're, we've got about a month left in the legislative process. I'm hopeful that we'll be able to, to get that passed and send a strong uh, message to, to Washington, D.C., uh, that we do believe in the Second Amendment here in Missouri. Uh, in fact, if those scholars of the Missouri Constitution will know that our own uh, gun protection article in the Missouri Constitution is even more protective than the Second Amendment at the federal level. So Missourians are very uh, dedicated and very adamant about their gun rights which is really we're talking about the ancient right of self-defense, mm. that, that you should be able to defend your life and your family's lives from threats of force uh, wherever they might come from. Uh, so it's, uh, it's a bill that's gotten a lot of attention uh, this year. It's a it's high priority of mine and a lot of my colleagues, and I'm hopeful that it, it will be able to, to get to the governor's desk before session ends. Representative Trent, we can't let you get away without talking about Medicaid expansion. Mm. Um, the voters voted in a referendum to have Medicaid ex Medicaid expanded within the state. Um, I can't remember the exact figure, but I know Medicaid takes a tremendous amount out of the state budget. Um, right now, the funding for the Medicaid expansion uh, seems to be hung up within the House. Um, how is that going to end? And if the voters voted for this, how can the House uh, and, the, and the legislature not fund it? Well, there's several different layers uh, to this issue. Uh, we do spend about a third of the state budget on Medicaid right now, and, and it's money that goes to the most vulnerable members of our society, folks who uh, can't, can't work and who often are, are disabled and, and have, a, have a variety of other issues. Expansion would uh, ex expand those uh, benefits to able-bodied uh, working-age adults, uh, which is, uh, would be the first time that that population has been covered uh, in Missouri. Uh, there's legal questions, in my mind, around the nature of the expansion amendment itself. Uh, the Constitution has a pretty clear provision that uh, it's not permissible to uh, have a, a spending uh, item in the in the, as an initiative uh, a referendum vote without also having a revenue raising component to it to pay for that. Medicaid expansion uh, spends money, but it didn't raise any money. Uh, so I, I think the very nature of the amendment itself may be may be unconstitutional. But whether or not it is, uh, what basically the the uh, the folks that are expansion uh, minded are asking us to do is take resources away from the folks who are most vulnerable and 
push those resources toward working age uh, adults. Uh, and of course, there's a variety of federal money that that would come with that. Uh, but you know, resources don't don't grow on trees. The medical capacity of the state doesn't magically expand uh, just because this occurs. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, I think that it's a real thorny issue, both legally and uh, just a little logistically, whether it can be done. Uh, and so, how this ends up, I don't know. Uh, but the House has not uh, chosen to fund. Uh, Medicaid expansion, and there is, and there doesn't seem to be a clear mechanism uh, by which uh, it could be compelled to do that, uh, and so we may be headed for some kind of uh, of legal or political showdown here yeah. uh, as uh, as we approach the end of session. Representative Trent, unfortunately, we're just about out of time. That is great information. Yeah. Uh, I hope we can Definitely. get you back on and, and get back into some of these issues again sometime in the very near future. Uh, only about a minute to go. I really quick wanted to say to you, you talk about Southwest Missouri. Uh, my oldest child, my daughter Grace, is uh, going to be a freshman at Missouri State. She's going to be ah. a bear. She's going to be a bear this, oh, this fall. So um, uh, the Colombo family is going to be getting to know your part <laughs> of the state, uh, get, a, get a lot more familiar with your area very, very soon, and we're, we're looking forward to it. Well, well, we'll be happy to have you down here in God's country. I'm a former <laughs> uh, Missouri uh, bear myself. Nice. Uh, it's, a, it's a great university. Uh, I think they'll I think they'll have a really good time, and yeah. uh, you'll have to have to drop by and say hi. Maybe we can get lunch sometime. Oh, I'd love to do it. I'd love to do it. She's really looking forward to it, and we've been really impressed uh, with everything at Missouri State um, in the last year or so that we've been getting uh, this process going. Uh, Representative Curtis Trent, thank you so much for your time, sir. Hope to talk to you again soon. Thank, thank you. Sir. Hope you have a good rest of the day. You mm-hmm. too. Thank you. All right, we've got to wrap up this segment and this first hour, but we've got an entire second hour of the Weekend Report coming up. We'll talk to our buddy Perry Woods, and we'll talk to Dr. Randy Tobler, and we'll talk about all the issues from the week that was. When we get back, don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Weekend Report on 97.1 FM Talk. It's time for your favorite show. The Weekend Report is on the radio. Thank you, Perry Woods. And it is hour number two of The Weekend Report on your radio. Thank you so much for tuning in. Speaking of Perry, he's going to be joining us a little bit later on this hour with our friend Jason Nelson. We have a very cool uh, local music announcement to make and uh, looking forward to that. So we are going to talk to uh, Jason Nelson and Perry Woods when we get back. Is he going to be in the studio with you? Turn your your mic off, Frank, while you're talking on the phone. (laughs) (laughs) I was hearing that. That was Frank, who is getting Dr. Randy Tober connected. Yes, he's getting getting Doc connected. And uh, my name is Tony Colombo, and Chris Arps is here as well. And we've got uh, an exciting second hour coming up for you. We're going to talk to Dr. Tobler momentarily. If you missed anything in that first hour, great conversations with Missouri State Representative Curtis Trent and United States Congressman Rodney Davis. Uh, great insight and information from those gentlemen on a wide variety of topics. Uh, go back and check out our podcast if you missed anything. You can get the Weekend Report podcast anywhere you get podcasts just about but the odyssey app is the best place to do so it used to be the radio.com app it's no longer radio.com if you had the radio.com app should have updated automatically switched over to odyssey and you should be good to go odyssey. if you've been 
thinking about downloading our app and have not done so yet, it is no longer radio.com. It's Odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Check it out. It's the best place to get uh, our content. You can stream the station 24-7, get our podcast there, Rewind Live Radio, all that good stuff. Joining us now on the line, that is really distracting, Chris. (laughs) (laughs) I was trying to add some ambience to the the promo. (laughs) Yes, that's exactly what I was thinking of, too. Uh, Dr. (laughs) Andy Tolbert putting a little extra time on a Saturday afternoon. Of course, you can hear him every Saturday morning at 6 a.m. here on 97.1 FM Talk, and he joins us again on the Weekend Report. Doc, always great to talk with you, my friend. How are you? Doing well. How's it going with you? I are am. You staying cl- are you staying clot free after your vaccination? I am clot free. <laughs> I've had both. Uh. I've had both shots. I am uh, over a week in, uh, removed from my second vaccination. Uh, so I am feeling pretty good about where I am at. Um, I want to obviously want to get into J and J stuff and and a lot of other issues with you, but I want to just say this. Um, before we get started, there's been a lot of confusion about the rollout of the vaccine and, you know, like who can get it and when can they get it and where can they get it and how do you sign up and do I sign up in just one spot and that's good for everything or all these, you know, there's been, and so people have been critical of that confusion. I want to say that very much like everything else in this country, um, the confusion and the issues are on the government side of things. Once it gets passed on to the private sector, once it was in the hands of medical professionals and hospitals and, you know, facilities that are doing these vaccines, it has been, everybody I've talked to has, and my, and including myself, have had a, such a smooth uh, uh, experience when it, when you actually get to where you're going to get this vaccine, when you get to the people that are, are administering it, the lines are moving quickly. They've got it down to a science. And it just goes to show you that when it's in the hands of the government, that, that's when things that's when things are wonky and confusing. But when you get it down and get it in the hands of yeah. people, that's when it gets a, a whole lot better. So I just have got to be really complimentary to yeah. uh, y- your profession and, and everybody that's been a part of the vaccine rollout uh, on the ground. It seems like all of these places are doing such a good job of well, thanks for that. You know, I, I think uh, on behalf of the entire medical community, uh, you can't use the word establishment anymore. That's a bad word. Okay. Because, uh, you know, I'll, any, I'll put that, anyone who's, put that down anyone the bad who's word list. establishment is not good. You know what I mean? And I'm <laughs> saying that facetiously. Um, and I, but I think we all know what that means in political terms. That means any establishment up in Washington, D.C., we have to be very suspicious of. And that makes your point. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we started planning for the vaccine rollout back well before there was there was a vaccine that was being tested as we knew that they were going into testing then the the, the talks were starting missouri hospital association had uh, well weekly calls with the governor for a while uh we had organizational sessions and webinars and everyone was you know with with a lot of um a lot of black boxes not knowing what <laughs> what we necessarily are going to deal with the logistics and the rollout were being worked out and so yeah. i think for the most part, uh, whether it's been the mass vaccination events in combination with the National Guard or on behalf of hospitals or, you know, even at the pharmacies, I think it's been pretty good. And, uh, uh, you know, Americans have come to expect that from our medical system. Yeah, everybody uh, I've talked to it, that have, has gone through it have talked about how easy and fast it was. I, I literally haven't heard yeah. one story about having a 
uh, a confusing or an issue um, yeah. when they've gotten to the facility to get the vaccine. Doctor, that been, being said, oh, go ahead. That go being ahead. said, God forbid, if we can count on that, should we become socialized medicine? Because I'm not sure that we'll have the same yeah. for the very reasons you said. Leave it in the hands of the people that know what they're doing and Amen. keep the government bureaucrats out of it. Yes, yeah. exactly. So, Doc, I've been waiting uh, anxiously for this conversation because Chris teased us earlier with the uh, – he said that uh, somebody gave him the hard sell to get vaccinated. Uh, Chris, I don't want to speak for you, but you have uh, – correct me if I'm wrong. You've you've never been um, against the vaccine or say you're not going to get it. You just said, I'm going to be at the end of the line, not the front of the line. So what happened this week, and has your thoughts changed? Well, I was taking a friend of mine from high school who doesn't drive anymore to get her first shot. And it was at a clinic out uh, out in Chesterfield. And so after I gave her a shot, after she got her shot and she came out, um, there was a retired doctor that said to me, hey, do you want to get your shot? Ooh. And I was like, uh, no, I'm good. She's like, you know, we, we're not having the people here that we thought were going to be here. So, you know, you can get a shot now if you want. Come on in. Come on in. And she was just really <laughs> pounding me. And I yeah. was like, well. You know, I don't want to get a shot without my wife. I don't want to get it, and then she doesn't have it. And uh, and it wasn't an excuse. I would real f- feel kind of funny. I do understand about that. getting it I first without that. her getting it. Sure. But she was really like, but she was humorous. But she was really twisting my arm. She was like, "Well, tell her to come up here." And I'm like, "No, she's you know, <laughs> I got in the car." And then she had me call her. Wow. To oh. convince me to get mine. I was wow. like, well, I don't want to get shot without her. Well, I'll call her, and then she'll say it's okay. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> yeah, that's... I did not get a shot. Yeah, me, that's, to... that's uh, I you know, I appreciate the uh, the effort, but that's almost a little bit too much. Yeah, if, if you, she if, was. If Becky would have been with you, Chris, do you think you would have done it? You know what? That's hard to say. I probably, uh, I probably would have. Yeah. Honest with you. Gotcha. Where are you I'm at? I'm like, we're here. They're offering it. Let's just go risk. ahead and get it over at with. We're not against the shot. Right. We just weren't going to be the first in line. Yeah, yeah correct. Yeah. Go ahead. Go at ahead, Doc. the risk of uh, sounding like a, a, a Monday morning quarterback, Chris, actually, you would have been doing your wife a favor if you'd have gotten the shot. Oh, well, <laughs> How did go. I know you were going to be saying that, Doc? <laughs> <laughs> so, we, well, you know, after all, we get in enough dog houses, us guys, right? Yeah. I mean, it's we're either, we're either manning the remote rather than the yard rake. You know what I mean. And <laughs> so in true. this case, you'd be doing her a favor by uh, not being a super spreader because, you know, you're out and about <laughs> and you, you know – so, you know, I think you would have you could have said, hey, look at how benevolent I took one for the team. I don't want to infect you with anything I might pick up. See, I, I look at it the other way. See, I, so. it, to me, it sounds like, hey, I got my vaccine. Hope you get yours eventually. Yeah. I'm protected. That's what it kind of feels. <laughs> yeah, to me. I, I, I actually oh. understand that, Chris. My wife, was, I get it. My no, wife was it. was very anxious to get the vaccine. And if I would have suddenly walked in the house one day and said, hey, I got my shot and <laughs> she didn't. I think I would have been in trouble, uh, Doc. You mentioned the uh, you mentioned the the J and J vaccine at the beginning of this yep. conversation. Um, I am a little skeptical about. I don't know what I think of this decision to pause that vaccine with um, such a small amount of cases, literally over a one in a million chance of this happening to anybody, and we're not even positive unless there's new information that I'm not aware of that that it's a that there is a direct link to the Johnson and Johnson vaccine. Um, to these uh, to these issues, what is the what's the official update there medically, and what's your opinion on it? Go, do you have and Tony, add, and, Tony, and yeah. can I follow piggyback Please on do. that too? What, with, on his question, go ahead, Doc. What exactly 
with some of these folks is do they know how it's doing blood clots? What is it about the vaccine that causes the blood clot? Do they know well, that? I'm going to I'm going to remind you that there really is not yet an established uh, causation Correct. there. Right. Correct. And right. in fact, you're 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 as likely or less to have a, a cerebral venous sinus thrombosis, a CVST, getting the J&J vaccine as if you had never gotten Chris the J&J vaccine. Chris has got one of those vaccine. in his basement right now. I do. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the, tr- the truth is that, you know, the, the incidence that they've seen is about, you know, it's, it's what they've seen six in seven million. So let's say it was roughly, you know, one in a million, mm-hmm. a little less than that. Mm-hmm. Okay. The natural occurrence or prevalence of that condition is about anywhere from two to seven per million, depending on what you're, you know, which study you look at. But let's say on average three or four. Let's just say that on the low end. Mm-hmm. Well, we're, I mean, if you'd, ex- you'd expect to have seen 21 of these reported and they've only reported six. Uh, and they have been in women, uh, you know, sort of younger women for the most part, 18 to 48, I believe, is the age range there. And and the thing is that. Um, all reports occurred among women. Yeah, it was 18 to 48. Yep. And they were about a couple of weeks after the vaccination. Now, we know that the, the natural risk factors for this, just in the, in the natural course of this problem, um, are, are obesity, the postpartum state. Uh, that lasts up to six weeks. And, you know, women are just a little, they have a little thicker blood during that time. And a few other things. There are genetic, uh, there are people walking around that don't know it that have genetic tendencies towards uh, a little blood clotting and so sometimes those manifest when they have tissue injury or they're or they're they're in a car wreck or if they sit on an airplane you know they'll come out with a with a blood clot in their leg or their lung well in this case it's in the veins that cover the covering of the brain that drain the brain and if you get a blood clot there it's very 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 severe Mm -hmm. because when the blood can't drain it backs up and then you get a hemorrhage into the brain The, the thing that was unusual and i think what led to the pause was not the incidence it was that in these cases, they saw low platelets, which uh, are not always a feature of CVST. And so uh, because of that one unusual characteristic, not because there was a higher incidence of the problem, but it was sort of how the problem looked, the associated things with the problem, um, that, uh, that, that gave them pause for concern. And remember, we're in a gotcha society. I mean, there's already enough scrutiny and enough target on the back of, of uh, big pharma and for that matter, Dr. Fauci, and uh, for that matter, the government institutions and, and uh, you know, establishments that we've always uh, sort of relied on. And so with all that skepticism going around, I think I would have recommended the same thing, not because I really thought there was a problem, because I don't want to. I'm living in an environment where I have to have uh, I have to be hyper acutely aware of what might happen even though i don't believe it's going to happen right so currently i think it's unfortunate because what i what i predict is going to happen is they're going to say look we just can't identify i think what they're doing is scouring and making sure looking at all the records on these millions of of doses given and not just depend on on the the vaccination uh advent uh, adverse event reporting system theirs uh, because that's just an open source uh, reporting system and they're going to make sure that there aren't additional cases that haven't been captured uh, come up with some reason for why there may be a subgroup. Maybe this shouldn't be given to women. I'm just theorizing. Here. Yeah. Maybe if it turns out if all of these women have a certain common um, characteristic that seems to put them at risk, okay, fine. Maybe we maybe we modify who's eligible for it. But in the end, you know, if you think about it, COVID itself 
you have an eight to 10 times risk of the problem that we're worried about the vaccine causing. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. if you, if without the vaccine, you have an eight to 10 times risk because that's one of the problems with COVID. We're just generally, we turn into one of these, I think of the old, uh, you know, the old thing where you'd put the plastic into the mold and you'd make a little worm out of it. You mm-hmm. know, I remember when I was a kid, <laughs> the little injector thing. Yeah. That's what happens to our veins in the lungs. That's why people get terrible pneumonias that aren't just infectious pneumonias. They turn into these blood clotting things. And, and so and the tingling in the legs and the blue feet syndrome and all that. Well, that can happen anywhere, including the brain. And so without the vaccine, you have an eight to 10 times risk of this very rare problem. Well, if the worst case is with the vaccine, you have a two times, you have the normal risk. I'm thinking the vaccine's a pretty good bargain. Yeah, got just a few minutes. Got just a few minutes left here, Doc. I want to try to rapid fire a few more quick questions for you. Um, As far as the tier system and who is available to get it, it seems pretty wide open now. Are we beyond that? Is this, can everybody get the vaccine now or is there still limitations? No, it's it's wide open. If you're if you're over 18, the Moderna and the J and J. If you're over 16, Pfizer, and it's open season. Everyone is eligible, and I would encourage everyone, even if it's one member of the household, Chris, get your vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like your last answer. You were talking directly to me. <laughs> well, no, I'm I'm talking to people who have reasonable skepticism because it's new. No, it, I mean, look, I I respect the skepticism, and as I've said before. I am usually not an early adopter, but because of the potential for, as this thing is showing some genetic drift, this virus, and those those gene variants are affecting younger people that don't have the same risk profile, uh, you know, the older, you know, sicker, obese folks. Now we're looking at folks that are 20, 30, 40 are getting this thing with the, with the UK and especially the South Africa variant, and it's more severe, you know, and I've got a, I, I, there's a tragic case I know of a, 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 the husband of a dear friend of mine. Um, got the vaccine and i understand he got the in before the vaccine could really it was a coincidental thing he came down with COVID uh, before the vaccine could even get a second dose and he's in his grave condition now and i'm praying mm. for him you know and i'm thinking darn i wish you'd have gotten that vaccine so mm. i just you know it's a race between are the variants going to cause another surge before we can get enough herd immunity out there and i i hope the latter is true that we get enough herd immunity chris you got any more questions for doc I did, and I can't remember whether it was. Oh, I know what it was. I'm sorry. Last hour, we had Representative Curtis Trent on from uh, Southwest Missouri, and we were mm-hmm. talking about the Medicaid expansion and how it was hung up in the legislature yeah. about the funding. Um, yeah. He was saying that part of the legislature's problem was it came was from a legal. Uh, argument. I forgot exactly what it was. But what's your view? I, we know that you supported Medicaid expansion. What's your view of what's going on in the House with it right now? Yeah, well, again, as, as an officer, uh, the chief executive officer of a safety net hospital that's a political subdivision and struggling to be sustainable, like so many other rural hospitals in Missouri, um, it's my duty to try to make sure we can keep the doors open and serve our patients. And shy some Medicaid relief for the otherwise uncompensated care. Uh, folks are going to be having to drive 150 miles to get care. So that said, as a disqualifier or as a disclaimer, mm-hmm. um, there, the, the amendment did not say that the legislature needs to appropriate the money. It just said that we need to expand eligibility. And that's the argument that the, the opponents of expansion are saying. And I get it. I mean, there's, there's arguments on both sides of the fence. If you look overall across the country, when Medicaid is expanded, I think on average it's fair to say that the general budgets 
have have had to go up a little bit, but not near as much as the naysayers would say, because you're shifting some currently only 60 percent funded government uh, government insurance, uh, the government share of the Medicaid to 90 percent. So you're offloading a lot of uh, care that otherwise Missourians would be paying for. I just remember, what do you say of the argument that he made that because you're expanding it, you're going to have able bodied people? that are on Medicaid and it's going to take services away from those that are needy that really need it. Well, you're going to have able-bodied people. Uh, you're going to have the working poor, some of whom are going to, are going to jump onto Medicaid. But currently, I mean, I think a family of four, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I think a family of four, a working family of four can only be making, I think it was in the $9,000 range to be uh, annually to be eligible for, for Medicaid. This would expand that for a family of four to be eligible for Medicaid. And I, this is assuming people are working and making a living uh, somewhere in the mid-20s, which is still, I mean, that's, uh, for a family of four, how many of us could make that work and pay for any health care, uh, you know, $25,000, $26,000 a year? It's very, very difficult. And so, uh, look, this I think that that may be a bit of a ruse. I think this the, 133% of the federal poverty level, as far as eligibility, does not make that many more people eligible. And I see an awful lot of folks who don't have insurance. They're working for minimum wage. They really are working, and they just don't have the money to pay even a clinic bill, much less if their son or daughter has an appendectomy. And you know what? It could be argued that, hey, well, you know, the hospitals need to take care of that. Cause, and it may be truer of large metropolitan hospitals that have more support from commercial insurance, which does pay north of your cost of providing care. Medicare and Medicaid doesn't. And in rural Missouri especially, you're looking at, you know, um, 70% of the population being covered by federal insurance. And those places are having a real hard time providing care to anyone, much less the working poor or the elderly. So, yeah, I, I think that that may be a little bit of a misnomer and overstatement. Great information, Doc. Always a great conversation. We went really long. We always do, and we appreciate that time. Um, real quick, just a personal question because I'm personally curious. Like I said, I'm as we're talking, I'm seven or eight days removed from my second vaccine. Um, yeah. At what point am I at 100%? I mean, I'm not going to start walking around licking people or anything like that, but um, <laughs> when, at, at what point is, is the, uh, uh, the vaccine at 100% in my system? Yeah, and if you do lick people, it will be with that lizard tongue that the vaccine gave you, by the way. But, uh, anyway. <laughs> yeah, I have no extra appendages yet. I'll keep you posted. <laughs> no, look, I, I, you know, it's, it's interesting. I mean, I, we're trying to calibrate that here at our, at our institution. So what, what I do is, like, I had, a, I had a meeting with my supervisors the other day, and I just asked everyone, is everyone vaccinated? And everyone said, yes, we all took off our masks. Now, Dr. Fauci would not like that. But that's what we did. And so I think I, I would feel more comfortable not wearing a mask in, uh, you know, in, a, in, a, in an environment. Uh, if Chris would do what he's supposed to do and do the right <laughs> thing for crying out loud, you would need to wear a mask. Yeah, yeah. But, I'm, uh, not, and no, I'm, no, not, no. I'm not too worried about masks. I'm still going to wear masks in buildings and things like that. You know, I'm just wondering, you know, just for my own oh, you should feel real peace good. of mind, you, should, you know. But, yeah, for liberty-loving Americans like Chris and others who are, you know, we love our liberty. Yeah. I feel so liberated that I got this vaccine because I'm yeah. like, I'm feeling really good. Yeah. Even Doctor, if I are you in favor of vaccination passports? Chris, we are like um, you know, 21 I'm minutes into I'm an interview. Sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> if, I, if I need to, if I need to, if I need to, if I, if, if I go to a restaurant and they say no uh, shirt, no shoes, no service, they ought to have the right, a private restaurant, 
ought to have the right to yeah. say no vaccine, no service. I agree. That's my opinion. I agree. Yeah. And if people right. don't like that, they don't have to eat there. And if that hurts that restaurant because of that policy, yeah. then that's the yeah. the risk that and they take. And if someone wants to start a restaurant that doesn't have a policy that way, then there ought to be, people ought to be flocking to that I couldn't restaurant agree more. that doesn't require a vaccine. Couldn't yeah. agree more. Like Doctor, smoking in restaurants. Yeah. Yep. Doc, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for all the information. It's been uh, incredibly helpful every time you've been on with us through this entire process. And I'm sure we'll talk to you again very soon. And, of course, you can also hear Doc every Saturday morning at 6 a.m., the Randy Tobler Show here on 97.1 FM Talk. Uh, great talking with you, my friend. I hope we get a hey. chance to catch up again soon. Thank you, Dr. Always Tobler. Always a blast. And I hope the next time we talk, Chris has his arm jacked. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. well, we'll, Don't hold your breath. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe if he has his wife with him. All right, we've got to take a quick break. Got more Weekend Report coming up next. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to the Weekend Report, 97.1 FM Talk. Tony Colombo here with producer Frank Ladd and my partner Chris Arps. Big thanks again to Dr. Randy Tobler. Always great information from Doc. Uh, long conversation with him, and we could have gone another 20 minutes with him. There's so many things to talk about. Uh, so we'll have to get uh, Dr. Tobler back on the show very, very soon. He's uh, encouraging very strongly that I get a COVID shot. He is. He's almost <laughs> as uh, as aggressive as the as the person that you had your experience with. Almost. Uh, uh, and yeah. it's simple and to to the point. FEMA has this wonderful event still going on down at the Dome, 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. daily. Frank's the closer. He's the walk-ins guy. He's going to come in and open. try to close the deal. Walk-ins, walk-ins are open, and you can just walk in literally. You go to one table. They escort you to the next table. Can you I, wait 10 minutes, you're you're out of there. I, literally, I, I was down there in 20 yeah. minutes and done. Please do. Can it's simple. Free parking. Guys, it's just us. Free parking yeah, at really the dome. Listening. Nobody's listening. Um, yeah, you're I'm fine. not listening. <laughs> <laughs> Free parking, folks. Free parking you know, at the I, I dome. Tell you, what's t- you know what's turning me off a lot to getting a shot? What is? Is the people who go on social media with their cards saying, I've got my shot, no, look I, at I me, agree. look at me, virtue signaling. That makes me like want to do the exact opposite. Yeah, but people do that. I'm not and, getting one because people do that signal. when they vote, Chris. They do that with everything, and I that's agree. where it started. And and I don't necessarily think it's it's thought out virtue signaling. I think it's <laughs> hey, I'm happy to be here. I'm happy that I got that I got this done because I was eagerly I, anticipating it. I think and some I of have the sticker. Signaling. Some of it is. Sure, I think that's. But I think some that's of it is for everything. It turns. It but turns a majority me isn't, and and for you to look at it negatively, that's on you. That's not on them. I do. I see those pictures, and I just, right. I just hear sheep sounds. Right. Well, when I say <laughs> I, I was happy that I <laughs> so I say, that I voted. <laughs> so if I say I am very upset about the fact that I got a vaccine, <laughs> will that incur? Will that if I use a little reverse psychology on you, will that get you out there? No. Actually, I don't care. I no. Don't Chris know. just doesn't doesn't want you the do, vaccine. You do you, my friend. Um, it, it, exactly. It's definitely so don't, for me though. So, so don't. I'm you not know, criticizing. Say that, I, well, well, I am were. criticizing, but it, I mean, if someone gets their shot, <laughs> I'm proud you of you. I'm not going to talk yeah, bad about you. Or you anything. were criticizing. You were you were. Well, yeah, I was accusing somebody but I'm not, of virtue signaling. I'm like to each his own. I'm not going to like hate you or anything over it. It's not that serious. You were criticizing. You're protecting me, so I appreciate that. I want to talk about something else. <laughs> something else that's almost as as uh, contentious as this, believe it or not. Uh, Chris, we haven't had a chance yet this entire show to hmm. uh, talk about the uh, tragedy, the most recent shooting up in Minnesota. 
the officer up there that um, uh, appeared to believe that she had her taser and and uh, shot Duante Wright with her firearm instead uh, has now been she resigned initially resigned along with the police chief up there in uh, Minnesota and she has now been charged. Um, Many people on the left. I don't know if you if you had a chance to watch any of the press conferences up there this week. There was a press conference with the mayor and the new chief, the new acting chief, who had been appointed an hour before this press conference. And the reporters in the press conference, the, apparently the room was filled with uh, advocates and not necessarily tr- true uh, reporters that were representing actual media outlets and they were they weren't even asking questions they were just levying accusations at the police chief and the police department and it's not just been protesters and advocates we've seen united states congress people like maxine waters saying that uh this is a, a another example of a police officer intentionally um using a law like the expired tags to pull over and kill uh, a person because of the color of their skin. Um, I think that this police officer needs to be held accountable for mistakes that she made. If I make a mistake, if I'm cleaning my gun or I'm doing something and it accidentally goes off and I hurt or kill somebody, it was an accident, but I still am I still need to be held accountable for the accident that I that I made. So I believe that there does need to be some uh, some action taken and some consequences to her actions, but I don't see this as being she was out looking to murder somebody that day. But that is literally how it's being framed. Um, what is your thoughts about everything that has transpired over the week? Well, the thing that saddens me the most in all of these tragic situations of an encounter between an African American male and a police officer is that the perpetrator is the suspect is is resisting arrest in almost every single situation and i don't mean that 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 means he is responsible for his own death but in a lot of those situations if they would have complied and you know been arrested and got in the car and did what they were supposed to do they would probably be alive that being said because of uh, with you know, the uh, dante wright case uh, it's going to be very hard to prove intent that she got up in the morning intending to murder a black black man that day. But some of the stuff is very suspect when you look at that. She's a 26 year officer. Um, she is a training officer. And, you know, you're taught that your uh, taser goes on your left dominant side. Your gun goes on your dominant side. Mm-hmm. And to confuse that, especially when they're two different colors, um, you yell taser, taser, taser over and over and over and over when you have, as we see from her vantage point, a black gun in your 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 hand. That's going to be very suspect to a lot of the Brian Crump activists, black activist type. I don't know if she intentionally did that, but uh, I, a lot of people saying that she covered up for her intentionality by saying, oh, crap, when she shot him, that it wasn't intentional. Intentional. So there's a lot of room here for conspiracy theories to grow. Uh, she is going to be convicted of, of something. It's going to be a slam dunk. It's going to be the intent 
yeah. the thing that's going to she's be the currently controversial been charged, thing here. She's currently been charged with second-degree manslaughter. Um, yeah, and, yeah, they're going to want first-degree or second-degree yeah, murder she, she's the, been, the activists. Yeah, she's currently been charged with second-degree manslaughter, which, without getting into all the details, because, you know, there's a lot of specifics in there, but it, it basically uh, applies to uh, when a person's negligence results in someone's death. And that seems we were talking to Chet Plevin on the Dave Glover show earlier this week. Uh, that se- and he he thought that that was uh, uh, appropriate. That seems right to me. It seems like she was negligent. Uh, her her negligence and her mistakes led to somebody yeah. uh, dying. So that is uh, that seems about right to me. Um, I hope for her sake that when they go back and go through her social media and talk to her friends and history, I hope there's not anything in her history that uh, says anything about yeah. racism or she made some racist comments or anything. Well, because you if, know what? If, if she had, that's going to play into the theory that some have that when she was in that instant and, and, and uh, was confronting him, she shot him and killed him on purpose. And it should. We can only uh, we can only act on the information that we have right now. Yeah. So right now, I think that that is I, I believe watching the video and knowing what I know that it was an accident, a terrible accident. I agree with you that that by resisting arrest, anybody puts themselves in an increased uh, danger of being hurt, and it is not a good idea to do that. Um, but, but and, and Tony, that's always my argument. Look, if if black people do have more bad encounters with police than any other race, fine, I, I'll accept that. That that's the case. My whole thing, what my father taught me, was limit your encounters with the police. Or when you do have encounters with them, comply with them as much as possible. You know, I told a story on Mark's show when I was younger, in my early 20s, late teens. I was getting tickets all over the place, warrants out and everything. And uh, my father told me one day, he just said, you know, one day you're going to be arrested for outstanding warrant. You're going to run into the wrong cop who has a bad day or something, and you're going to make a sudden move. He's going to shoot you or something's going to happen. He's like, you need to stop having all these encounters with these police officers. Hmm. And I think a lot of people, especially in our community, <coughs> community, excuse me, needs to take that tack. Look, if the black, if police are against us, okay, fine. Then limit your encounters with them as much as you can. Yeah, yeah, and I mean— I think that is particularly good advice to uh, the people that you're when you say in your community, the African-American community, that that that's a good idea. But I, I that's a that's that's good advice across the board. I mean, it's it's I've had I've seen uh, uh, police interactions go get go bad with <laughs> with people of various backgrounds. Sure. And it's just never a great idea to decide that. That is the place on the side of the road or whatever to uh, d- try to instigate some kind of confrontation. With just not. A You're just increasing officer. the odds that something and, can yeah. go bad. Yeah. And that's what happened with this. You know, yeah. this was supposed to be a simple encounter. Hey, you got a warrant out for your arrest. Hey, we got to take you in. You, you know, you take them in. It's routine. Supposedly, this is what they're talking about. Yeah. Some woman is sort of not woman. Any person, police officer, not pointing out a woman. Some person could pull out their gun instead of the taser and shoot you dead. Yeah. 
limit your encounters. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. It's it's it was a it was mistakes made on 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 both sides by saying that he shouldn't have resisted arrest and he'd be alive. That's not saying that whatever that everything that the police officer did should be excused because it mm-hmm. shouldn't. But we never have that conversation. We never we're never a, a, a able anymore. you're blaming the victim yeah, if you do that. we're never able anymore to uh blame both sides to point out mistakes on both sides you have to take a side you either have to be on the police yeah. officer's side or you have to be on the person who was hurt side you can't for whatever reason you're not allowed to you're not allowed to, to point out the mistakes that were made uh, uh by both of them without being labeled like you're um, attacking the victim or defending a murderer or, you know. No flip so, test. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, actually, we should probably just, uh, we should probably wrap this up. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, we're going to have a, a, a more um, uh, uh, happy conversation when we get back. In fact, it's going to be a great conversation. Our buddy Perry Woods, there he is, is going to be joining us. Uh, our friend Jason Nelson from the Jason Nelson Band and the Queen Tribute Band and the Wackness and so many other great local uh, acts are going to, uh, he's going to join us as well. And we've got a really cool announcement. We always talk about uh, how important it is to support local music and we've got a cool local music announcement to make when we get back so don't go anywhere we'll talk to perry woods and jason nelson when we get back to the weekend report on 97.1 fm talk soundtrack of the weekend report we use perry's music each and every week and we talk about uh if you want to hear more of perry's music you can get it uh, you can download it just about anywhere you get music itunes amazon all those places download perry's music and if you have all of uh, the woods experience uh, and you're still downloading music make sure you download another local musician's stuff because chris it's always important to what support local music that is exactly right and uh right (laughs) now as we've been talking about we've got two uh great local musicians joining us on the phone again our friend jason nelson from the jason nelson band the queen tribute show the wagness and about a thousand other uh (laughs) st louis musical acts and our good friend perry woods jason and perry both on the show with us uh gentlemen great to talk with you how are you guys doing I think What's you had the wrong phone on. <laughs> <laughs> <Who is> this? <laughs> so Chris, Tony, Perry, what's going on, guys? Hey, hey, Got what's it. happening? So um, we have uh, this is kind of take two. I, I haven't I haven't made any announcement yet. I've just kind of teased that we've, we've we're going to be rolling something out. We have an announcement for everybody. Um, it's something that we tried once before, and we got COVIDed out, but it looks like we've got the green light this time. So, uh, Jason, why don't you uh, uh, give everybody the details of uh, what is coming up and uh, it, now just a, a month away. Sweet. Yeah. Friday, May 14th, out in St. Peter's, Missouri, at a fairly new 
venue called the Diamond Music Hall. It's located at 4105 North Cloverleaf Drive. So it's um, right there, right off 70. You can see it from the highway. Um, But somebody to love, uh, tribute to Queen, and opening the show is Tony Colombo and the North Side Sound Machine. North County I was Sound right. Machine. Yeah, I, I, and the North County Sound Machine is led by Perry Woods because I wouldn't dare try to uh, be a part of any uh, musical endeavor without my uh, my best friend in the world and uh, one of the Absolutely. most talented musicians I know. The best. Yeah, so uh, Perry, um, uh, it's going to be, you've been a part of, of, of many different uh, bands and you've worked with a lot of different people. You've done solo shows for a long time. You've been a part of, of a bunch of different groups. Um, how you feeling about uh, the, the, the team that we have put together and the idea that uh, I have to go up on stage and sing a few songs. I thought you were playing cowbell. <laughs> that might be better. Might just hand me a tambourine and tell me to stand on the side of the stage. That might be the safest move. So, so first, I'll, I'll say that um, a, a coworker um, had me out at Diamond Hall for um, a Thursday night jam sessions. That room is big, and they have a wonderful sound system. So, I look forward to uh, doing that show. Um, that's just right off the top. Secondly. Um, uh, our Living Color band, um, two of the members from that band, Alonzo Jameson, the drummer, and Tilton Yokely, the bass player, are in North County Sound Machine. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, we don't drop off in any way, shape, form, or fashion there because we already have a, a great uh, – we, we gel very well. Not to mention then you add Katie Fitzgerald, a American Idol. Yeah. Fitzpatrick, excuse yeah. me. <laughs> our very no, own it. Katie Fitzpatrick from All the right. NFL show, yep, is, is going to be – Handling uh, the bulk of the singing, I will be doing a little bit, but Katie's going to be doing much from more. American Idol. And yeah, she was yeah. Uh, yeah. Katie. Who people, if you, if you're a longtime listener to the station or Annie's show, uh, you may know Katie's history with uh, getting on American Idol and and qualifying and making it to the top hundred and getting to Vegas, and then unfortunately getting very very <laughs> sick. And not being able to continue in the competition, so who knows how far she would have been able to go. Uh, But she's incredibly talented, and uh, Katie, along with Perry and Alonzo and Tilton, um, I, I, you know, as long as I don't mess up too bad, I, I think we're gonna have a, we're gonna put on a great show. Go ahead, Chris. Tony, can I be a part of the uh, North County Sound Machine dancers? (laughs) Yeah, Uh sure, bring it on. And, uh, you know, we're talking, this is the first time, I mean, the radio host is, has got a, a band all of a sudden, and we're talking about we're talking about the opening act for the entire uh, time. Go ahead, Perry. Side note, Jason, we did make him audition. Yeah. <laughs> Good. We didn't make the but cut. Forget the, it. <laughs> another, another very, I mean, the, 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 the real exciting part of this is the fact that we are once again able to talk about a live show and yeah. local music oh, yeah. and getting back out yeah. to venues and getting life back to normal and getting an opportunity for you guys that you know rely on the gig economy to get back on stage and perform and for anybody who's been a part of any of the Queen tribute shows in the past uh Jason and uh and and that team that that band 
put on an incredible show. Our buddy Skip Weber, Weber Chevrolet, is uh, yep. sponsoring this event, which is awesome. And uh, I've been a part of almost every one of the Queen Tribute shows uh, as an MC or a host or promoting it. And I am excited to see the Queen Tribute stage back on uh, or the Queen Tribute show back on stage. Uh, Jason, so just tell people uh, a little bit about that before we run out of time. Yeah, um, we are that night. Somebody to love is going to be performing 23 songs from Queen catalog. Nice. And yeah, it's going to fly by. The night is just going to, you're going to blink and it's going to be like, oh my gosh, it's done already. (laughs) Anyway, um, the show starts at 8 p.m. So doors, the, the way that Diamond Music Hall functions, it, during the day, it's open. They have a, a restaurant, Rockstar Taco is inside there. It's a pool hall. They've got two 20-foot uh, bars. I mean, a lot's going on 24-7 there. But doors are at 7, and show starts at 8, and um, somebody to love hits the stage approximately 9.30 p.m. And this venue... Perry's not kidding. It's 20, like, I mean, it holds 1,200 people. And, so, you know, and Jason, either, either we'll kill it and, and, <laughs> and it'll be great and everybody will want to see it and then they'll be, and then you'll come in and kill it, or I'll make an ass of myself, which is also very entertaining and everybody uh, will be warmed up. So, either uh, way, you're going to be very entertained uh, when well, you come to the show. We just, we, we just need the three gentlemen. We just need the three gentlemen from coming to America to be when Tony gets to a stage. That was good. Good and terrible. That was good. That was good. Good and terrible. Perry Woods, Jason Nelson, thank you so much for coming on and helping make this announcement. I've got all the details about the show on my Twitter, at TonyColombo971. You can go to the Diamond Music Hall website and get more details there as well. Uh, boys, looking forward to it. We'll talk to you guys soon. Thank you much so much. love, fellas. You bet. All right, All right. now. Got to wrap up this edition of the Weekend Report. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Get more at 971talk.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 